So what do I want for you? I want you to be able to make more and work less. And you do that by having a very solidly outlined service suite. So one of the things that I help my students to strategize around is how to position yourself as the henna artist. Now, how can we also position your services specifically to be exactly what your clients are looking for in a way that they're willing to pay premium rates, top dollar to come and work with you and only you. And also you don't have to be out there working yourself to the bone because I don't know about you and you can edit me if I'm wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure that you have other obligations and things that are more important to you than being present for someone else's Mandy, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you've got your own family. I'm pretty sure you've got your own friends, your own social life, your own obligations. You want to have, you know, time for self-care. You want to do the things that are important to you too. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of the Hennapreneur Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about the methodology that I hold here at Hendapreneur, the way um, that I teach my students, the way that I instruct my coaching clients, um, the way that I that I mentor, right? Uh, because Hendapreneur has become known to be a powerhouse. It's become known to be the go-to place if you want to start to build, grow, or scale a very sustainable, thriving henna business, then Hennapreneur is the place to be. And I've got, at this point now, we have, you know, this wonderful track record of henna artists who come in and whether they are starting brand new or they've been in the henna game for a while and they're ready to level up, um, or they've been in the henna game for a while and they like haven't found results with trying other things and they've really been at it and they are like, what is happening? How come this thing isn't you? It's not giving, right? And then they come to Hennapreneur and I help them to, um, to fix the things, to adjust the things, to finesse the things so that their businesses can grow into a place that makes them feel really comfortable, really proud, and really confident um, about their work and as and their role as a professional henna artist, right? And so my claim to fame here at Hennapreneur is teaching henna artists how to harness their skills in a way that allows for them to make meaningful revenue. I'm talking high five figure, even into the six figures, um, as a professional henna artist while still maintaining a part-time work schedule. Like that is my jam. <laughs> and the way that I do that um, is through a methodology that I've developed over the years as I have um, built and grown my own business. If you've known a little bit about me, 
I have moved my business across country uh, three times. So I've started multiple times, like starting from the ground up and having to be able to hit the ground running, get things up, get things going, get clients in the door, get revenue moving because I also maintain my family with my work, right? So um, not having clients has never been an option. So <laughs> with that in mind, um, I've taken that framework, I've developed it um, in a way that has worked for me over the years, but also I've developed it in such a way that it's flexible enough and it is um, nuanced enough, right, that I can take it and apply it to other people's businesses. I can, um, you know, sit down with a entrepreneur who, you know, lives and works across the country or lives and works countries away, sometimes, in, in, you know, working on the other side of the globe. Shout out to my students in Australia, by the way. Um, you know, when I'm working with these people who are in circumstances and contexts that are totally different from mine, the framework is still malleable enough that it makes space for what's happening in their life in real time and also allows for them to grow and thrive. So um, a lot of times people have questions about like, what, how exactly do you do it, right? Like, obviously, we see the results. We see people talk about it. We've heard your students give their reviews. We, you know, clearly, Hendapreneur has an, an outstanding track record, but like, how do you do it? <laughs> and so today I wanted to um, kind of pull back the curtain, if I may, and tell you a little bit about my framework and my methodology so that you can have an idea of how I move my students, rather, through um, a number of processes that allow for them to build a foundation that's very solid, very stable, and that allows them to develop the business that supports the life that they desire and deserve, okay? So, let me just, let me give you like a little brief introduction, right? My methodology all hinges on what I like to call the six-figure framework, right? This is my six-figure framework. I used to call, we used to call it the five-figure framework until I and other hennapreneurs uh, actually broke through the six-figure arc. And I really, you know, this is the thing. Actually, I'll pause here, give you a little bit of story time, because then you can also have an idea a little bit of like how my brain works. So this is the thing. I am someone who's like, super integrity aligned. And so I don't like to, I don't like to hype things up. I don't like to like say things until they're done. I don't like to, I like, I never like to give the illusion about something that like hasn't happened yet or like I never want to be, I never want to misrepresent myself or what I do. And so for a long time, especially just prior to COVID. So this specifically um, relates to just prior to COVID. Just prior to COVID, my business kept on track and it was like, ooh, I'm about to hit six figures. Ooh, I'm about to hit six figures. And friends, let me be clear. Anytime I talk about my business, I'm talking about my work at my Hedna business, right? Cardamom Clove Hedna. I'm not talking at all about revenue that's brought in through Hennapreneur. These are two separate businesses, two separate entities. And I want you guys to have an idea about what, you know, what it looks like to run a Hedna business. So when I speak to you about my revenue, that is, that's the lens through which we're speaking, okay? So just so that we're clear. Okay, so I had developed this framework and I developed this formula and I had been working this in my business for a while. And I kept bumping up like right against that six-figure mark. And I'm like, dang, I haven't crossed it. Dang, I haven't crossed it. Like, I'm so close. Oof, I'm gonna hit it. And then I wouldn't, like I'd be right there. So just prior to, <laughs> just prior to the pandemic, I had brought my business to a place where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm tracking, like I'm pacing this. I'm totally hitting six figures. I'm totally hitting six figures this year. Then boom, panini. <laughs> and I was devastated. I was so angry, y'all. I was so angry. I was like, yo, all of this work, I'm super close. Um, and my, my, 
business, like if you will, my, my business besties, right? Those colleagues that are close to me that are also in the business space. These are like professional people inside of my own network across different niches and we'll mastermind together in the things. And um, they kept telling me like, Chelsea, why do you keep, why do you insist on saying that this is a five-figure formula? It's not. This is a six-figure formula. This is a six-figure framework. Like, why do you keep saying that it's five figures? And I'm like, oh, I have to say it's five figures because like I didn't hit the six figures left. Uh, you know, I'm so close, but like not yet. And they're like, friend, <laughs> a pandemic happened. <laughs> like, look at your numbers. Look at what you were pacing. This is totally your six figure year. And I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I was super uncomfortable saying it was a six figure framework. And um and then in the pandemic, so this is what's wild. In the pandemic, my my boutique, because I do have a brick and mortar, um, my boutique was closed down for five. We can almost push it into six months, really. Um, but five solid, five solid months that we were closed down that I, you know, in my state, we were not able to work if we were not essential, et cetera. And so though actually through a little bit of a loophole in the way that the legislation was written, I could have stayed open. I did not feel that I was comfortable doing that. It didn't feel, you know, it didn't set right with me, whatever. So I took the time off. And when I came back to business, um, I hit the ground, like just running, y'all. When I tell you, when I opened the doors back up to the Henna Boutique, it was like, it was like a floodgate. And um, I got, I was so busy and I'm like, okay, maybe I can make up some traction. Maybe I can make up some traction. And um, I did end up, I, <laughs> I did end up actually closing my first six figure year, which was amazing, which was amazing. So um, now I'm comfortable saying, yes, this is a six figure framework. And since that time, in working with some other entrepreneurs, um, I have uh, another instance actually of one of my students who also pacing, tracking six figures. Like, yes. So here we are. This is me saying, hello, welcome to my six figure framework. Um, if you follow this framework, uh, if you work alongside of me, you'll have to follow this framework because it's kind of the way that just we do things, right? Um, <laughs> and if you take any of my courses, if you, you know, sign up for any of the courses, if you come and work with me in any of the group programs, et cetera, they, everything is based on some portion of this framework, if not the framework in its entirety. Um, and so I want to share it with you so that you can understand also how it is that I do things, how it is that I think about business and how Hennepreneur works, right? How it is that this magic even works. So the framework is broken up into three different sections, all right? There are three different uh, wheelhouses, if you will, for the six-figure framework. So the first of them is mastery. And when we talk about mastery, there are a couple of things that are inside of there that are very important. Um, mastery is essentially, in a nutshell, this is the fact that in order to be successful, you need to master your craft so that you can serve your clients with confidence and excellence. This is important. So under that umbrella, if you will, there are a couple of pieces that I um, that I will work my students through, um, depending on the course or program that you that you've engaged in, so that we can build out your mastery because this is a piece of the foundation of your business, right? And so um, within that umbrella of mastery, we have that, you know, you must become an extra, an expert on natural henna. You cannot be out here slinging chemical cones. Like from the jump, if you are a henna artist, and I'm using that very, very generously, if you are someone working with the, with henna and you're using chemical cones, you're using alternative paste that are unsafe for your 
you know, for use on skin for your clients, um, that's a problem. And so entrepreneurs, these are people who are coming to the table who are really ready to serve their clients with excellence. And um, part of excellence is becoming an expert on your craft. So in becoming that expert, you need to know about natural henna. You need to know about henna safety. You need to know about the chemistry of henna. You need to know about the history of henna. You need to know about the cultural nuances uh, surrounding some of the henna practices. You need to know who you're crediting when it comes to uh, speaking about henna in public forums, right? It is not enough for you to know how to whip up a paisley. No, the pace that you're using to make that that paisley matters and the fact that you are able to communicate and convey the history, the meaning behind that paisley design um, or that could be ascribed to that paisley design, um, that's important. And an expert does those things. So you need to become an expert on your craft. The next thing is that you need to diversify your design skills, right? Hendapreneurs are consistently growing their skill set. They're consistently expanding their repertoire. It's not that like your designs this year should not look the same as your designs two years ago, right? And definitely should not look the same as your designs 10 years ago. Like you are an artist and I would expect because you're an artist that does want to work with confidence and with excellence, right? Heavy on the excellence here. I want to um, express that like your, your designing, right, should really be, it, it should be diverse. It should be robust. It should be something that, that um, you're consistently improving upon because as artists, there's always space for us to improve, right? There's always space for us to grow. And then the third piece here is that you are to develop your signature style. So it's important to me that every entrepreneur really, really is comfortable in their skill set as an artist. And I mean their technical skill um, because when you have a signature style, one, it communicates to your audience that if they want like the best, they're going to come to you, right? And someone else can try to copy your stuff all day long, but it's just like handwriting, right? The way that I do something, you you may be able to, to mimic it, but you'll never do it exactly the same and vice versa. So for you to have your signature style, that's something that your audience, your, your clients, they can only get from you, right? Or at best, they can find someone who'll do it second rate next, you know, further down the street or whatever. But that person is never going to be able to produce what you produce as your signature style. So uh, in the mastery portion, if you will, of the framework, we focus on these three things. And my friends, I have to be honest. For me, while I'm passionate about this foundation, right, I'm passionate about this piece, I have to be honest, this is not actually what lights me up when it comes to teaching. The reason why I include this in my instruction at Hendapreneur is actually because there is a confidence piece here that if you don't feel confident in your work, if you don't feel confident in your skills, then it's very unlikely that you'll show up to do the work in the other pieces of the foundation. That is why we start here. Um, with mastery, not because uh, this is what, you know, lights me up, though I'm sure you can hear in my voice. There is there is a part here there. I, I do get passionate about some of these pieces, um, but my my heart and soul don't live here <laughs> because I know that actually to, to run a, a successful, a thriving, a profitable henna business, it actually doesn't matter uh, how precise your work is. Your clients will be very forgiving about the precision, the precision in your work if you get these other two things right. But, but slash and, I am not in the business of empowering 
ooh, I was going to use a different piece of language, but I actually don't want to, I don't want to be super inflammatory. What I do want to say is I'm not in the business of empowering people who don't take this art seriously, who don't take this craft seriously, who don't respect it, right? I'm not in the business of empowering those people with how to make money with our craft. Okay. So, um, because of that, that is where my excitement for mastery comes in because I'm like, no, I only want to teach the quote unquote secrets to those who really value and respect the art form that we are working in. This is a cultural art form. It has value. It has history. It has purpose. It has meaning. And, um, yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. You know, you're called to do henna. This is what you're supposed to be doing. You know you want to connect with people through this creative outlet, to learn their stories, and to use your skills to help them feel like their best selves with your adornment on their bodies. You know you want to bless the world with your art, and you know you want to get paid well to do it too. So friend, why are you sitting on the sidelines settling for less when you know you're meant for more? If this is your calling, which let's be real, if you're here listening to me, it is, (laughs) that it's time for you to put your calling into action. And there are two ways that you can do that. You can either do it on your own and cross your fingers super tight that you'll figure out how to do it flawlessly, or you can sign up for the business bootcamp and have the support and guidance that you need to do it well from day one from someone who's already been there, done that, and built the business to prove it. If you're ready to call it quits on doing the side hustle shuffle and want to finally build the henna business that you can be proud of with your art, then head over to hennapreneur.com bbc. That's hennapreneur.com bbc. And get registered for the next business bootcamp today. Seats are limited and the next cohort kicks off soon. Visit hennapreneur.com bbc and save your seat. The business that you've been dreaming of is only nine weeks away. Let's get started today. Okay. So the second piece of the six-figure foundational framework is strategy, right? And this is where I start to get really excited, (laughs) like really excited because this is where my brain like just, it just, it could explode for real. What's, what's, um, something about me, if you get to know me very well, if you come to work with me, et cetera, you know, if we get to know one another on any like sort of personal level, you will likely hear me say at some point in time that my brain works like a chessboard, right? I'm constantly moving pieces around. I'm constantly thinking about if this, then that. Um, you know how there's that saying about, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, I'm not that person. The way that my brain works Not only am I looking at the forest in its entirety and I've got eyes on every single tree, I might actually be looking at three, four, five forests at a time and um, and looking at the trees even there. Right. So I have this um, this capacity and it is one of my natural inherent gifts. Right. It's just and we all have these. We all have a gift. um, And this this one is mine. Right. I can own that. Um, And what makes this what makes me very good at strategizing from a business perspective and life perspective in general is that I have the superpower, if you will, of coming into a room, hearing people speak, and I can identify like five, six, seven solutions for a problem that the rest of the room hasn't even noticed is a problem yet, right? (laughs) That is like, that is how quickly my brain works when it comes to strategic uh, form and, um, and ideation. So here I get super excited because when you invite me to come and work with you, you know, work, work in your business, or when you hire me to come and, you know, and consult and, or to work in one of my programs, 
when I hear from my students, when I hear from them about what's going on, it's very easy for me to map out a plan for them super quick. Like, okay, okay, I hear that. This is what we're going to do. This is why we're going to do it. Here's steps one, two, three, four. Like, let's go. Right. And then they are fast tracked towards the success that they were hoping for because, yeah. So strategy is like my jam. Right. So when we're talking about strategy, what I'm, what I'm essentially saying is that, you know, in, inside of this piece of our, found, our foundation, this piece of our framework, we are looking to optimize your business to stand out from the crowd and to generate more revenue, okay? So the, here also, there are three kind of um, pieces within this foundational pillar. The first is that you need to be the henna artist, the henna artist, not a henna artist. You need to be the henna artist. What does that look like? That looks like you showing up and you having a super strategic, super clear, super authentic brand positioning that says and communicates, you know, conveys to your marketplace that you are the best choice for your ideal client, right? You are the person to go to. I oftentimes will hear from entrepreneurs that like, hey, I really want to market my business better. How can I market my business better? How can I bring in more clients? How can I blah, blah, blah? Everyone wants to know the answer to this question. And if it existed, I would say, okay, just go to, you know, theclientsarehere.com. And <laughs> unfortunately, that's not a thing, right? So, <laughs> so instead, what you're going to need to do um, instead, what you're going to need to do is build out um, a strategy to attract the right people and not just attract the right people, but also position yourself, your business, your brand as the right fit for them, as the service provider that they are looking for. And that matters, right? So being the head artist means we're talking about brand positioning. We're talking about your, um, you know, your UVP, your unique value proposition, the way that you show up in the market, the way that you convey your, um, your excellence and your fit to the marketplace, right? The other piece around strategy is I want you to make more and work less. I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, my claim to fame is helping entrepreneurs make full-time income on part-time hours, right? And so you get to determine what that part-time hours looks like, right? This is one of the things, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs will ask me, you know, before or aspiring entrepreneurs, I should say, prior to coming in to work with me, they're like, well, like how much time is this going to take? How much time do I, like, I work a full-time job. I can't work another full-time job as a henna artist. And I'm like, friend. <laughs> that ain't it. In fact, I don't work full-time hours. <laughs> and I'm, you know, you know, like I don't work full-time hours in my business either because that's not the way that my life is set up. As someone who, listen, I'm a parent. I'm a homeschooling parent at that, right? I've got multiple children. I'm managing a household. I'm managing a family, right? There's, there's, um, and then there's, you know, there's the operations of the Henda Boutique. There's the operations for me here at Hendapreneur supporting my students. Like I don't have the capacity to be, um, you know, at the, at the Honda boutique for 40, 50 hours a week. That's not a thing. I'm happy to be there 20 hours tops per week, 25 if I'm feeling froggy. <laughs> and like, that's as far as I'm willing to go, you know? Um, so what do I want for you? I want you to be able to make more and work less. And you do that by having a very solidly outlined service suite. So one of the things that I help my students to strategize around is how to position. Listen, we've talked a little bit about brand positioning, right? So now you've positioned yourself as the henna artist. Now, how can we also position your services specifically to be exactly what your clients are looking for in a way that they're willing to pay premium rates, top dollar to come and work with you and only you and also, you don't have to be out there working yourself to the bone because 
Uh, I don't know about you, and you can edit me if I'm wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure that you have other obligations and things that are more important to you than being present for someone else's Mandy, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you've got your own family. I'm pretty sure you've got your own friends, your own social life, your own obligations. You want to have, you know, time for self-care. You want to do the things that are important to you too. I am not in the business of making money so that I can just sit on my money and not do anything with it. No, I want to make money and I want to live life robustly, right? And I want that for you too, but you can only do that if you have time and time is your most valuable resource. And so here at Hennapreneur, I have a very strong value for sustainability. And you hear me talk about this a lot here on the podcast, but when we work together, like I will harp on this shit all day long because sustainability is what allows for you not only to enjoy the business that you are running while you're running it, but also to enjoy the life that you're building when you're outside of work and you get to breathe, exhale, and enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? So we handle all of that. And then the third piece in our strategy um, portion of, the, of our framework is for you to call your community to call in your community. And that really is leaning into this premise of having your ideal client, really knowing who that person is, really knowing where to show up to find them, really knowing how and where to conduct with them um, in a way that is not just like, hey, come and book with me. Hey, come and buy some henna cones. Hey, come and get this design done. No, it's beyond that. We're building a community that's valuable, a community where people look forward to hearing from you because they want to know what you think. They want to know what you have to say. They w- Listen, this is a space for you to become a community leader. When you are a business owner, as a entrepreneur specifically, you are in a very unique position where you are, not only are you a service provider, but you're also, you're working again in the arts. You're working in an ethnic art, no, no less. You're also working in a space where it's a very intimate art. So there's a closeness, there's a physical, and in some cases, a very emotional proximity that you begin to um, connect right? Um, With your audience, with your clients. And so when you're calling in your community, it's not, you know, that you want to work with everybody. No, you don't. No, you don't. In fact, you want to be turning away the wrong people and only calling in those people that are perfectly aligned for you, for your business, and also for them and for what they're looking for, for the services that they need, right? And so um, when we talk about um, calling in your community from a strategic lens, this really has everything to do with going deep in understanding who your ideal client is, what their values are, what the belief systems are, what histories they um, they have experienced, they've lived, uh, what stories they hold, and the ways that the two of you can connect um, very wholly, very fully, very authentically um, that makes them feel and that makes you happy that they feel connected to you in a way that goes well beyond the services that you're exchanging, okay? And so here in this, this um, you know, through the strategic lens, that is, friends, how you really do step away from the crowd. Um, you know, I, I live in an area where I am, there are henna artists all around me. There are henna artists in, in su- such close proximity. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, blocks away, there's henna artists, uh, you know, in the neighborhood, there are henna artists. And then I have some of, some of the top international, actually, competitors that are local to me and, um, you know, that I have a lot of respect for. That respect is very mutual. But slash and I never concern myself with 
what they're doing in their business in the sense that it, you know, it, um, it moves me to make different, you know, to make different changes or it moves me to feel a type of way that like my clients aren't going to come to me. Absolutely not. And that way my eyes are always on my own paper because my strategy, <laughs> it's all right here. It's all around how I stand out as the best choice. And I'm damn good at doing that. And not only do my clients say that, right, but also my my bank account says that. And that tells me everything that I need to know. And so I help my students to build that type of confidence around their business as well so that they're not concerned about, you know, oh, there's so much competition. I hear this, friends. It's a cop out. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> you feel like your market is saturated. I get it. Um, and that be it as it may, um, if you know how to hint, you know, if you know how to uh, finesse and really um, really grab on to grasp onto this this idea of strategic marketing, um, none of that is ever going to matter ever. OK, <laughs> so then there's this final piece. There's this final piece in the framework, and that is ex um, your execution. Right. And when we talk about execution, that is for where I want you to work your plan. I want you to work your plan with smart, consistent and results focused action. And I do mean action, right? We're talking about executing a plan, not thinking about a plan, not feeling the plan out, <laughs> right? Like not dreaming about the plan. No, we are working the damn plan with, with results focused action. And so what that looks like, friends, is one that looks like planning for success. You have to have a plan before you can know where you're going. Otherwise, you're just out here like running around, like throwing spaghetti at the wall, like, you know, <laughs> forget going from point A to point B. You're like over there in the bushes somewhere doing God knows what. <laughs> like, that's just, it's not efficient, right? Like, let's get back on the road <laughs> and take the 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 road of, of least travel, right? And so having a plan is super important. Recently, someone asked me about, you know, what's the purpose of a business plan and why you need to have one? And friends, this exactly is like, that's part of this portion of the framework. Having a business plan as a great example, you know, this is where you are outlining not just what your business is going to do, right? Or it could do, but you're also, you're doing assessments around your market. You're seeing what holes exist in the marketplace. Where can you step in? Where can you step up and fulfill a need better than the rest of your competitors? How can you show up in such a way that's going to allow you to not just generate revenue, but really double down on revenue? Like let's, how can we do that? A business plan is something that's mapped out not just for like a very short, this is not something that's like for six months or a year. No, typically your first business plan, you're going to map that out for three to five years and you are going to work that plan, friends. And then every year after that or, year, you know, two years after that, depending on how your business is structured, you'll revisit that plan to see what's working, what's not working, what do we need to switch, what should we change, right? Um, and it just allows you to feel so much more empowered because you have answers in front of you. And because through the process of you making this plan, creating your projections, testing those projections, you now also have data, right? One of the things in our businesses is that we have to, we have to stop just moving on feelings. Your feelings can turn you wrong, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's not me saying to disregard your gut, right? I think that gut instinct is very important. And um, I think that self-trust is very important. And when you come to work with me, you know uh, that I I speak a lot about this, right? Self-trust is super important. And, and we work to cultivate this. We actively work to cultivate this in our work together. 
but slash and feelings alone are not something that we use to create or to um to maintain business decisions. In fact, what we do need, we do need to have data. We do need to have records. We do need to have things that are going to say, okay, I tried this in the first quarter and it yielded that. Or I tried this in the second quarter and it yielded this. Um, you know, what which one of these two gave us some results that that were that we're more pleased with. Uh, and hey, what other variables were happening in, in, in Q1 versus Q2? Is this something that we should do an A-B test again, right? Like these are things that we <laughs> that we need to be cognizant of. And y'all, I'm touching on just like very few points. A business plan, when you work with me actually, when you come inside of my larger program, I work with you and we we complete a business plan. Like if you work inside of Hendepreneur Pro, if you work to come in um to go in the accelerator, if you complete the accelerator, at the end of the accelerator, you have a business plan. Like I walk you through how to do that. And um, and it's there is purpose behind each and every piece. But friends, what are you executing if you don't have a plan to begin with? You're just out here winging it. And let me tell you what that is. That's a whole lot of wa- like wasted time just for the sake of wasting it. All right. So um, and let me let me pause and I'm going to say this. When it comes to strengths, um, my top strengths are in the strategic realm, but my second, <laughs> my secondary top strengths are all in the executive realm. So you can hear it. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. And just as I'm expressing myself here, that there's a lot of passion behind that. And there's a lot of excitement behind that. That's because the beautiful thing about, about me and my brain, right? Owning my own excellence is that I do have these wonderful skills in both strategy and execution. So not only do I see the plan, but I also see how to execute the plan in a way that is super efficient. And um, so when you put those two things together, whew, I mean, it's like having, yeah, when they say Hendepreneur is a is a powerhouse, it's like, yeah, you get a powerhouse in your pocket when you come to work with me because- Yes, this brain is on tap for you. Anyway, so the other piece around, um, our secondary piece, if you will, around the um, the execution portion of our framework is for you to boss up your CEO behavior. So here is where I'm talking about mindset because we have to be, you know, considering as well that our actions are directly informed by our belief system right? Our thoughts inform our beliefs, our beliefs inform our actions, and our actions inform our results, right? So as a, as someone who's here trying to embody this, this, you know, this role of being a professional Hedna artist, being a entrepreneur, being a CEO of a business, there are a lot of mindset shifts that are going to happen. It takes a lot for you to go from being the person who's comfortable charging $10 for a hand to being the person who's comfortable charging $50 for a hand. There is a different energy. Oh, let's not even talk about $100 for the hand. Like friends, there is a very different energy there. And so when you're making, you know, 600 bucks a month, when that when that 600 bucks becomes 6,000 bucks a month, like your mindset is totally different. And a lot of things will come up for you. Think stories around money, um, past trauma around money, your thought processes uh, around just like who, your identity, truly, your identity. Who am I? Uh, what do people like me do? What uh, what uh, things are people like me capable of? Um, because you were going to challenge beliefs that you had about yourself in order to get here, 
right? And so bossing up your CEO behavior truly is about inviting in the um, this new evolved version of you that feels confident, that feels empowered, that feels self-trusting, that feels worthy, that feels deserving of the success that you are not only calling in, but actively experiencing in the process. And so one thing that I think is often overlooked when people talk about growing a business is the fact that in order to grow a business and to grow it um, efficiently, you really do. And I mean, really, you really do have to prioritize personal development and mindset shifts. And if you don't do those two things, the bottom will fall out of what you're doing because you'll reach up one, you'll likely create for yourself a glass box. You've heard of the glass ceiling, right? In corporate America or the corporate world. Yeah, a glass box is one that you've created yourself, (laughs) (laughs) because you only believe you can go so far because people like you only do things like this up to a certain point, right? And so um, that exists. Or you'll see that success is like peeking its head out at you and you're like, you know, you become terrified because you then have to challenge what beliefs you had about what it is to be you. And um, many times that's where you'll see behaviors that um, we can best classify as self-sabotage start to come up. Because it's like, oh, I, you know, here I'm seeing it. I wanted it so bad and I'm seeing it. And and now what? Now what? What am I going to do with that? Right? And um, and so you will eventually, you, you will get in your own way. And actually, this is um, one of the pieces of the framework that I, I see very, very often. I'll tell you who I see this in the most frequently. I see this a lot in entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who have been in the entrepreneur community for a while and never come to work with me. And oftentimes I'll see it like in the conversations that they've had, like, you know, even in the, you know, in the Facebook group, you know, I'll see exchanges um, or they might DM me and they might say some things or, you know, maybe I'm hosting a masterclass or um, we're doing some sort of community event and we're, you know, engaging in conversation Um, or even I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see them respond and they'll offer wonderful, thoughtful responses to, you know, some of the up and coming um, artists inside of the community. And they'll, you know, they give great advice. And in reading that advice, I'm like, oof, there it is. And I'll see (laughs) that's a belief thing that they've got going on. And it makes sense to me why they're still where they were two years ago, why they're still where they were five years ago, why they're moving along as slowly as they are. And I don't say that with judgment. Please understand. I don't say that with judgment. People take steps when they're ready. But, and there is some truth to the fact that as a mentor and as someone who's sitting on the other side of the table, someone who's done a lot of this mindset work, who's done that thought work, who continues to do that work, because this is something that never ends, right? This, these are the active investments that I make it, you know, for myself and in my own business every single day. And so um, I get it. It is, it's a lot. And, um, you know, because I've, I've been there and I have that vantage point and I'm looking down at these six forests and I can see you still you know, you're in forest number two and you should have, you should have advanced by now, yo. Uh, (laughs) And I can see why, you know, I can see what's holding you up there. And actually it's you. (laughs) So, um, this is something, you know, this is something that comes up very often. And so, um, it oftentimes also goes without being discussed, but I like to bring it to the forefront because it is, and this is why I include it in my framework, uh, because it is super important and it is something that, um, that requires a lot of mindfulness, um, in order to be able to progress. Right. And so, um, beyond that, the last piece in our, um, execution foundation of the framework is for you to make your business work for you. And so I, you know, I've harped about sustainability a little bit already, and I'm going to kind of touch on that here as well. 
when I talk about making your business work for you, really what I'm leaning into is like, how can we make your business the most efficient possible? Um, for those who have been around for a while, you may have heard me say something like this, you know, in the past. Um, and those who haven't look, that's cool. My business, the, the, at the Henda Boutique, the Henda Boutique operates itself like 90 to 95%. It's automated. I basically show up occasionally. I'll check my calendar, like to see, you know, am I available for this or that? Um, there are just, there are very few instances where I actually have to do the things. Um, the business basically runs itself and I mix the henna and I show up when my calendar tells me it's time for me to show up. And I didn't get there overnight, right? I built systems, systems that I now teach my students that allow for me to have that type of freedom. So I am not caught up like answering text messages or phone calls or emails or whatever from potential clients. And can I get a quote? And can I do this? And what about that? And blah, blah, blah. No, mm -mm, I don't do any of that. Um, I don't need to. I don't have to because my business is optimized in a way that brings people from becoming aware of my business to loving my business to booking my business to showing up raving about my business after they've had their appointment on social media and other platforms. And so um, this making your business work for you really is about how to leverage um, how to leverage software, how to leverage uh, your time, how to leverage the resources that are available to you right now to allow for you to keep that time for yourself, <laughs> to keep more time for yourself while also generating the most amount of money possible. And uh, friends, I'm damn good at this. Um, this is one of the things that like really um, I can get really excited talking about because just the possibilities that exist um, for each and every business, they're always unique, which makes me really excited. It's like, you know, problem solving. Um, but it makes me so happy when I hear from my, my students, oh my gosh, like it's working. All of a sudden I just got this text notification saying that, you know, I just got paid. I just got this text notification saying I just got booked. Uh, you know, I was, I was out on vacation. I love this. I love hearing this. I was in vacation with my family and I got Got, you know, three text messages that said I was booked for this, this, and this. <laughs> I had one. I love it. She was like, it was a Saturday afternoon. I was still in my PJs, um, you know, and I got this text message. I got a bunch of sales. Like friends, this lights me up because I want that for each and every one of you. So um, that gives you a little bit more, I hope, insight around um, how I do the things that I do. Um, every program, every offer that I have here at Hennapreneur, whether it's a self-paced course or if you're working with me one-on-one -on -one or working in one of my group programs, um, it doesn't matter. All of the offers are hinged either on a portion of this framework um, or one of the entire uh, pillars of the framework. Or if you're working with me in a larger capacity, we cover the, the framework in its entirety to make sure that you have exactly what you need in order to build a really flourishing, super sustainable, super profitable head in a business um, without burning yourself out, without sacrificing your time, your life, what's important to you, because what's the point then, right? So I hope that this gives you some, 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 you know, some insight. If you have questions, you're more than welcome. You can send me a DM um, over on Facebook or on Insta, whatever works for you, or, you know, hit the email. That's fine too. Um, I love to chat about this. I love to chat about this because it, it just, it makes me so excited because this, this, my body of work created here at Hendapreneur has empowered so many women, so many artists to do more than I ever anticipated <laughs> when I, when I was creating it and just seeing it come to life through their lived experiences. Um, 
I just can't even tell you the amount of joy and um, just the amount of joy and pride that it brings me. And I feel so humbled and so privileged every single day and so honored, honestly, every single day um, to get to do this work. So uh, if you're not already a member of the Hennapreneur community, you can join us over in the free Facebook group. Um, Hennapreneur.com slash community is where you can find us. Uh, I'm going to be posting a question in the community this week asking about this uh, this framework. I want to know which area of the six-figure framework do you think you could benefit uh, from working on the most in this stage of your business. And um, if you want to give me some added context about like what's going on in your business, I I might tap in too and give you also some feedback on what my thoughts are on, um, you know, on um, the space that you're in and how you can move forward. All right. Well, with that, I'll wrap up and bye for now. Hey friend, I just want to give you a quick thank you for tuning into this episode of the Hennapreneur podcast. And I hope that you're really enjoying connecting with me in this way. You can find links to all of the content shared today in the show notes located at hennapreneur.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show and would like to stay in the loop with Hennapreneur, be sure to subscribe to the podcast too. You'll get access to all of the new episodes and to surprise bonus episodes as well as soon as they're released. I'd be so grateful to you if you'd take a moment to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. This helps me to reach more artists like you who would love and benefit from the show. For more ways to connect and work with me or to join me inside of the Hennapreneur community, pop over to hennapreneur.com. I can't wait to support you as you chase your big audacious goals, one henna design at a time.